previously on the Death Saving Bros podcast. Jet took the circlet, took the diamond, put them together. Jet, you feel any different? I don't feel any different. Do I look any different? This circlet, it's supposed to banish demons or something? Eh, maybe we shouldn't trust this guy. And B, eh, we also got guys about to break through the door and we might have to fight a lot of people. You guys should probably barricade the door. Activate. Running your hands over the diadem, you see an elvish wear the weapon, speak the soul, phrase the plane. I'm going to, like, put the circlet on my head. Do we want to fight whatever's about to come through that door? Should probably just bounce. Guys, what if I got us out of here? Can you? I don't know. I'm hearing voices. That's not good. I'm just going to grab the circlet. I'm just going to say the words. May the soul of Sarganus bring us to the house of Four Lyris. There is a billowing smoke. Out of the darkness steps a figure made entirely of shadow and flame. At last, with the Diadem Exorius, I can now pass from this realm into yours. All my forces will join me. I still don't know where that leaves us. That leaves you dead. I guess at that point I would just kind of lose focus on everything and sprint over to my brother's. I charge it with a great sword. You're going to see Sargonis start flitting around between all of you. He is going to smack Prothean. I'm dead. Cast Circle of Death around Dalvia and Hexor, then finally cast another power word kill, causing Abe to die. Jet, prove yourself. Take down Ambionitis. There's tears streaming down my face as I scream out Ambionitis. I'm so sorry for this. The mist starts to coalesce again into darkness. Nobody is moving until Ambionitis sits bolt upright, his rage burning through his body. Cure wounds on Hexor. You go and get Prothean. I know that he can revivify your brother. You can hear the last bar in the door to the throne room clicking into place, and 50 guards enter the room, and behind them walks Zawadzki. to another episode of the Death Saving Bros podcast. I am your host and dungeon master, Paul Camper. With me today, I have Ben Renfro. Did you guys know that pigeons die after having sex? Well, at least Eric's did last time he tried to fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) I like it rough with pigeons. What the fuck are you talking about? Brad Richards. Oh, thank you, Paul. Very kind of you. Hey, Paul, quick question for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Actually, it's not even a question. I lied. Um, a jumper cable walks into a bar. The bartender says, I'll serve you, but don't start anything. You're welcome. Die. Fuck you. Boo. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Would you like me to do the other one? All right. So two antennas got married. Ceremony wasn't great, but the reception was incredible. Oh, Die. my oh. goodness. <laughs> I like that one better. That's still bad. <laughs> I like that one. Matt Smith. So I've realized that the uh, the entire balance of our party has been thrown off now, because now we're not predominantly orphans. <laughs> <laughs> we're only half orphans. And Eric Nemeth. <laughs> so uh, we have an idea for Patreon content. We're going to make Paul do pie to the thousandth wood. Every time he gets 
not wood, number. Every time he gets one number wrong, we're going to viciously attack his storytelling. Joke's on you, Eric, because I don't mess up. Because I am the... To the thousandth? What? As you stumble over your words. You have a, to go <laughs> to your you thousand. <laughs> one thousand wo- letters, numbers. Wow, words, letters, and numbers. I didn't realize pi was so <laughs> dynamic. Well, joke's on you, Eric, because even if I do mess up, I'm the editor, so I get to make myself sound smart anyways. On this, our fifth edition actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. That doesn't take much skill to sound smarter than me. Yeah, you're not getting a reaction out of me for that one. Joke's on you. Well, you may have noticed that we are short one Brad Renfro. And that is because last episode, his character, Jet... Who? <laughs> Fucking whore. Jet was kind of a bitch, so we just decided, <laughs> eh, we don't want you to come back anymore. Um, Jet went and summoned Sargonis and then... Uh, assisted Sargonis in killing his uh, companions and then went off to join Sargonis. So so he has voted out of tribal and Brad is no longer a part of this podcast. Jet has, um, he's left our team to pursue other opportunities. Yes. <laughs> Very evil and dastardly opportunities, it would seem. Uh, but we will pick up where we left off right after Jet had knocked... Ambionitis unconscious and uh, put him down as Sargonis had demanded. Ambionitis's rage sustained him and was able to gain just enough vitality to use cure wounds to bring back uh, Hexor and then together he and Hexor were able to bring back all those that had been killed by Sargonis and cure the other ones that had been knocked unconscious. But just as Ambionitis was curing wounds on Dalvia, the locked door to the throne room was unbarred from the outside and in walked 50 guards along with Zawadzki. And so we begin our tale once again, with Zawadzki strolling forward, staring down at all of you about 30 feet away, keeping his distance. Zawadzki is resplendent in robes of Helleros, embroidered thick along the edges of his hems with colorful threads and the five-faced god embroidered on his chest. He is a blue dragonborn and he looks regal and very smug as he looks down on you. He says, Well, well, well. Look what we have here. The traitorous Alistair siblings and their... Bubbling companions. Well, 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 what do we have here? Some bits. Got him. Who are you calling bubbly? Bubbly. Swatsky just dies instantly. <laughs> <laughs> Prothean really cast vicious mockery at the highest level possible and it killed him instantly just by saying that. This whole group is like, you know what? He is a bitch. <laughs> yeah, in the I'm back. actually a secretly level 20 bard. <laughs> He's just been saving it just for that. Yes. <laughs> Zawadzki looks down on you, Prothean, and says, I am not the one who has suffered here. It looks like you have barely escaped with your lives. Tell me, what happened in here? I made your god my bits. We just had a wrestling match with all of us, and uh, we all kind of lost. No, 
Um, we had a wrestling match with your mother, <coughs> just like the milkman and the postman, and even the garbage man. But and the guy that works at the DMV, <laughs> <laughs> or excuse me, the CMV. It's the the cart. Nah, listen. Or wait, <laughs> <laughs> lose your train of thought there. Yeah, <laughs> wrong letter getting replaced in the DMV. <laughs> It'd be the Department of Cart Vehicles, not the cart <laughs> motor vehicles. Uh, Zawadzki turns behind him, motioning forward two men. One you recognize as the king of Trugala, and he looks red in the face. He's very flustered, and the second man has darker skin, is wearing those uh, MC Hammer pants, like the, the harem pants, and has a sash of colorful silk across his chest. And Zawadzki says... Look upon them, your majesty, and your most esteemed Danakeshian ambassador. These thieves have broken into your very throne room and have tried to steal from you. So we just take them hostage and leave that way? Uh, okay, listen here, Prothean. <laughs> Not even hustling myself. Straight up so they heard me say that. We are in no position to be taking any hostages right now. <laughs> like, not, not a single one. Listen, here, uh, I, I think you, the king, and then you with the nice silk. That looks soft. Um, disregard him. That looks soft. <laughs> he, uh, he does not know what he's talking about. As you can see, there was nothing in here for us to steal, because it's an empty throne room. We wouldn't have been stealing anything. Now... We are not trying to steal from you. We simply, uh... Well, we took the wrong turn and we fell over this balcony. <laughs> and this is how we ended up in this room. We were in the sewer a minute ago. At that, the king and the Danakeshian ambassador look up and they see that the balcony is completely... De the one side is just completely destroyed and the banister is smashed from when Brixius fell through it. Exactly. So, <laughs> as you can see, we got a little turned around. And then we walked into this room and fell. And then once we were in here, we got our asses kicked. By whom? You see, that this is a thing. I don't think you're going to believe me if I tell you the truth. Um, you mama. <laughs> it, was, it was Joe. Joe. <laughs> Joe mama. Um, Joe mama. Well, at this point... There's a whole bunch of nuns. There's the, the nuns of Yah. <laughs> the uh, king speaks up and says, The nuns of Yah? None your business. <laughs> oh, idiot. I, I give Abe some low bones, but... <laughs> Called him an idiot, did you? <laughs> All right. That was funny. Sorry. My friends are full of jokes. <laughs> um, As you guys are joking, the king turns to Zawadzki and says, you were right, Zawadzki. They did try to come and steal the crown. I leave this in your hands. These fools ought to be dealt with. Your esteemed Danakeshian ambassador, Kelmad, please let us leave this foolhardy scene and return to our negotiations. Real quick, how smart does this uh, Danakeshian guy look? Does he seem like a intelligent fellow? Give me an insight check. <laughs> yeah, and while he's looking up his numbers for insight, uh, would we have 
like in our previous encounters with everybody or like Dalvia and Hexor or anything, would we know kind of whose side the king is or this ambassador? Like if he is like leaning on the side of he's also involved with like the demon summoning and everything, or is he a mere kind of bystander that like Zawatsky is like using to manipulate and be able to use? Like, would we have any indication of? Yes, you know that it is the latter. The king is not a bad man. He's just clueless to what's going on. Okay. He he has he has become the king of Rohan with Grima Wormtongue whispering in his ear. Cool. Alright, so I rolled an 18. King Theoden, that's his name. An 18. So you notice a very intelligent gaze. The Danakeshian ambassador has not said anything and has been looking between you, the king, and Zawadski slowly and contemplatively. Hmm. Sirs, excuse me, before you leave, I would like to apologize for, for, our, for our crude jokes. Obviously, you can probably tell by the look of me, I'm not a good speaker. I got a little nervous when uh, all of these men came in, so I was dishonest. But uh, Zawadski speaks up and says, Silence! You do not speak to the king like that. So I shouldn't apologize. Great. Zawatsky, I'll talk directly to you, bubble boy. But king, I hope you're overhearing the words that I'm saying. So, if you want to know what's really going on here, how much time you got? The king turns to you and says, The question is, how much time do you have left, traitor? Zawatsky, deal with them. And he leaves the throne room. Why is he calling us traitors? We're not from this country. We just fight our way out. You understand that's kind of not an option right now. It's always an option. It's always an option. It's just how long is it going to take? Well, that's... I don't think everybody's back with full hit points. I for sure am not. I think I'm one shot, so, I mean, this is... We're going to do it. I'm fresh and bright-eyed and (laughs) bushy-tailed. Um, but as the king goes to leave, Hexor calls out and says, Your Majesty, no! And he is going to cast Charm Person on the king. But Zawadzki, seeing what is happening, hearing the magic words that are used to cast the spell, cries out in alarm, You dare to cast a spell on your king, you traitor! And before the guards can run forward to attack Hexor, Hexor cries out, Your Majesty, Zawadzki has been summoning demons. You must hear us out. The king turns under the influence of Charm Person and holds up his hand. Let him speak. Oh, good. I'm happy this uh, fell into Hexor's hands and not mine. <laughs> I was trying to think of a good way to sum it up and... Uh, just not there right now. Yeah, what he said. The sack shit's been summoning demons. And even if you don't believe that it was coming directly from Zawatsky, you have to believe that there's at least been demons in the realm. We do know that that's been happening. So, on top of that, Zawatsky is actually the real traitor underneath you, but there's also the, the issue of demons at hand, and that is what led us here today. You see where it all started. <laughs> there was this flashback, right? You know... Long time ago, Riley Bevden. Heard of him? Parmar. Heard of him? You know these people? You've read the stories. You've read the books. I'll send you the links. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
I was like, seriously, this is why I'm asking, how much time do you have? <laughs> because this, <laughs> this is a lot. Like, I don't know. I'm not intellectual enough outside of the game to sum this all up in a 30-second, <laughs> like, recap here. Oh, my goodness. Do you have Apple Podcasts? Your leash. <laughs> you'll go on and you'll see all our five-star ratings and reviews. <laughs> you know what? I have an idea. I got a bag full of mushrooms. Why just have the, all eat those? Have a peace talk. Did those mushrooms kill us? <laughs> yeah, only if you're weak. <laughs> Pretty sure I died in that episode. As you're all speaking, the spell wears off on the king, and because of charm, person he recognizes that he was charmed, and he grows livid. His face grows purple, and he points at Hexor and says, "Execute him, Zawadski." He was a blueberry. <laughs> listen, listen. Don't be rash here. We weren't charming you. We were charming you to give us a chance to listen. Listen, we're not lying to you. We, he, I think he might have done that just to give you the opportunity to hear us out. We weren't trying to manipulate you in any way whatsoever, as the dragon boy has been doing. The king cuts his hand through the air and says, Silence! I will not take any more of this. I will not let the Danakeshians be witness to such folly in my own throne room. Kelmad, let us go. The Danakeshian ambassador lingers in the doorway as the king sweeps from the room, and he looks over all of you one last time, his eyes lingering on those of you that are surrounded by the guards, and he leaves. Danakeshian, sir, wait... Does he stop? Wait, don't go. Will he hear my voice trail as he's leaving? He does not stop. Can I cast a message to the Danakashian person as they as he is walking out? If that doesn't work, can I boomerang my greatsword at him? <laughs> It'll come back, right? Oh, this is critical because I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like he's the only one of reason right now. He's an intelligent man. <laughs> None of us are intelligence problem. Yes, uh, if you cast it before he gets outside the range of 120 feet, you can reach him even after he turns the corner, since you do know him. All right, well, I'd like to do that. And what do you say? Well, first of all, is he going to be, like, spooked as hell that he just randomly starts hearing this shit? Because that'd be hilarious as he's turned the corner. Uh, like, <laughs> what, what was his name again? I don't just want to call him Mr. Danakashian, sir, because I feel like... Actually, that's what I'm going to call him. Mr. Danakashian, sir. You look like an intelligent man. Wouldn't you want to see and understand how we got so beat up? If we were in here solely trying to steal something by ourselves, we would not have... We would not look the way we are. That's, that's the first thing. And two, hear us out as this is something that you guys over in Danakash should be aware of too. A message comes back in reply... I have no power in that room. Your destiny is your own. But, but I, I can am, prove it. But I am aware that evil is afoot, and that Zawadzki does not speak all truths. Good luck. And what if I can prove it, though? Well, uh, that's the end. You whisper a message, and he whispers back. Is that really, like, all that message can go? You point your finger toward a creature within range and whisper a message. The target, and only the target, hears the message and can reply in a whisper that only you can hear. Well, damn, I cast it again on the king. 
<laughs> I can prove it. <laughs> uh, at this point, they are out of range. They are fast walkers. <laughs> it's only 120 feet, and they were already... The door to the room is 40 feet in front of you. 40, 50 feet in front of you. And as uh, the Danakeshian ambassador leaves, in walks Augberg Alistair, the father of Dalvia and Hexor. And he is trailed by some people that you recognize. Caxius, Squats, and Jimmy Crack Corn. Augberg walks into the room, bows before Zawadski and says, You summoned me here, Archbishop. Yes, look upon these traitors. We have finally caught them. And Augberg stares down at all of you and says, Finally, you have caught my traitorous offspring. Deal with them as you see fit. Father to you, Wood goes to... And not you. (laughs) (laughs) Cold-blooded... All right, then I've just got to, you know, as the guards are coming in on us, I'm just going to throw up my hands and let everybody know we can prove it. We can prove that everything we say is true. Is there a guard standing, like, right behind Zawadzki? Yes. I would like to cast Enemies Abound on that guard. What is that? You reach into the mind of one creature you can see and force it to make an intelligence saving throw. Um, on a failed save, it loses the ability to distinguish friend from foe, regarding all creatures it can see as enemies. Uh, each time it takes damage, it can repeat the saving throw, blah, 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 blah. Whenever it chooses a target, it must choose the target at random from among the creatures it can see within range of its attack. And if an enemy provokes an opportunity attack from it, um, it must make that opportunity attack. All right, so what's the intelligence saving throw? Uh, 17. Wow, that's high. While he's doing that, I'm going to draw my greatsword and longsword in one in each hand. You do not have your greatsword. You threw it away. Oh, yeah. Didn't I try like, javeling it? Yes. When you snapped up after being re- uh, restored to full health, you just drew it and threw it. I don't remember that, but okay. So the guard that you cast the spell on, Abe, fails the intelligence saving throw. <laughs> so it's going to just randomly attack somebody there are guards on either side of him and Zawadzki in front so I'm gonna roll d6 ideally I would have tried to pick someone who like had Zawadzki mainly in his field of vision yeah <laughs> okay uh this Zawadzki I don't know if that affects it but <laughs> like if <laughs> not the guard in the middle <laughs> alright then Zawadzki is directly in front of this guard so the guard is going to run forward directly at Zawadzki and is going to swing, rolling an eight total. Zawadzki hears the clanking of armor behind him, sidestepping much more swiftly than you would expect a priest to be able to move, and is going to grab the guard from behind and inflict wounds. Uh, I'm going to sue him for copyright infringement, because <laughs> that is my signature move. Oh, what do I got a roll to get my lawyer team involved? Yeah, Brixius at law. What do you need? <laughs> no, no, it's Bagus <laughs> at law. Hammerbottoms at law. <laughs> Bagus is my lawyer. Josh shows up and he's just trashed as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really bad firm. <laughs> but, but we win most cases. <laughs> Actually, Josh would probably be my lawyer. 
<laughs> so, Zawadzki inflicting wounds on this guard actually drops the guard. <laughs> well, fuck. Well, I mainly went to use it as a distraction anyways. I was hoping he'd survive, like, longer than half a second, but... I'm gonna probably take all these guards. <laughs> well, so... Zawadzki is distracted for a moment. All the guards suddenly are looking at their comrade who has tried to attack their leader. He goes, it's Dip. <laughs> Dalvia, sensing the distraction, whispers to all of you, grab my hands quickly. Yep. I'm going to do that. And she casts teleport. Uh, before she does that, I'm going to like do a lightsaber grab, like force grab my log greatsword so it comes flying towards me. You put your hand out. And it doesn't do anything. Damn it. Uh-huh. And neither does Dalvia's spell. Will she... Double damn it. So Wadsky drops the guard disdainfully to the ground, then looks at all of you and says, You think we were stupid enough to allow you to teleport in or out of this room? We were hoping. <laughs> we have cast private sanctum on the throne room so that none may enter or exit by magical means. So we just have to get into the hallway. I I have an idea, guys. I pull out some sand from my pocket. Pocket sand. (laughs) (laughs) It's super effective. Zawadzki then walks over to Augberg and says, They are far more traitorous than I would have expected. They continue to prove their folly, even with all my men here. Ogberg responds, They are no longer my concern, Archbishop. You have them well in hand. And Zawadzki puts his hand on Ogberg's shoulder. Yes, I have them well in hand. All traitors will be judged. And then he suddenly inflict wounds on the Alistair Patriarch, dropping him to his knees and draws his knife, puts it to Ogberg's throat. You hear Dalvia cry out, No, father! Ogberg barely grunts as the wounds afflict him, but he drops to his knees and Zawadzki yells at all of you, Tell me where the Diadem Exorius is! Well, What? I tire of playing games. I know why you are here. I have gotten rid of the king. I have gotten rid of the Denikeshian ambassador. It is now just you, me, and my loyal servants. I will not ask again. Tell me where the Diadem Exorius is, or I shall kill Ogberg Alistair. I draw my longsword. Well, I've already charged a guard today. Brothian, that is... I just look at you. Like, no, because... Wait, are you looking at me and, like, the wall, or... Is your face just looking at me and your eyes look at d- different walls? <laughs> I'm just nose first at you, but saying your name. You... <laughs> well, here's the thing. Pro... <laughs> Mr. Alistair, sir, just told him to kill Axor. That's not cool. No, whoa. Listen. You would have heard us out earlier, as I had asked for everybody's attention to hear us out. Uh, Sargonis, you know, the god, was here and took it? Or it formed 
I'm not sure what happened. It wasn't 100% clear. So, listen here. It seems like you're an intelligent man. You kind of know what's going on. So, what had happened was... The Diodemixorius was combined with the heart of Sargonis, and Sargonis came here and, uh, took it. Or, something happened. That's why, as you walked in, we were all beat to shit. Have you ever tried fighting a god? That's why he looks like he got hit in the face with a fucking freight train. (laughs) Do you think my eyes have always been like this? No, I got my head rattled. Here's the thing. He's lying. (laughs) I've always been like that. This is my one chance to clear my name. Nope. Here's really what happened. Have you ever tried fighting a god? No. Have you ever tried talking to a god? It's also not effective. You just die. I could have taken a couple more hits. Zwadzki's mouth opens, and he seems stunned. He says, You summon Sargonis? Oh, yeah. Listen here. Did you... Do I need to repeat myself? Yes. We summoned Sargonis. That's what we've been trying to do this whole time. We've also... Shut up. He's here. He's in the primaterial plane. Unf... I mean... Yeah. A little tiny bit, yes. He's kind of, sort of, like... Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's walking this plane right now. You're welcome. <laughs> Zawadzki gestures to all of the guards and says, Surround them. Bind their hands. Relieve them of their weapons. First one that tries to touch me, I'm going to rip out your throat. Hold on, hold on. I believe a thank you is in order here, sir. Is this not what you've been trying to do this entire time? He turns to you and says, This was not your intention. You did not seek to bring Sargonis of your own accord. But we did. So you're welcome. And what do you expect me to do about that? Get on my hands and knees and beg you to be my friend? Uh, no, but... You can get on your hands and knees and beg for your life. No, again, (laughs) I I know I've said this plenty of times about this friend. Disregard him. You've seen him (laughs) lick walls. You've seen him do a lot of weird things. You know, (laughs) you know that he doesn't know words. And, you know, he's worth his words than I am, which is saying (laughs) something. But let me ask you this. After you accomplished this feat in the first place, what would you have done next? You would have went home and, you know, jerked yourself off or whatever was done. That's what you should go and do because it's been done. And, uh, you know, I think we're kind of in this now. So what's the next step here, boss? (laughs) Excuse me, don't, don't speak to the archbishop like that. He doesn't go home and jerk himself <laughs> off. He has, he has demons he summons to do that for him. <laughs> what kind of demons do the job the best? I guess it's a whole other <laughs> conversation. You want them with claws or no claws? Mm, hooves. Hooves. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, Zawadzki, bubble boy, dragon, oh, dragon board, board man. So it's probably scaly down there, so it can take a lot of punishment. <laughs> loyal fans and newcomer listeners. Hope you're enjoying this episode. We're fairly light on announcements this week, 
the big news is that our recent patron video chat featuring Brad Richards was a very pleasant and enlightening event. I even learned some things about the history behind the creation of Ambionitis Hammerbottom. So if you want to get in on our next video chat, all you have to do is become our patron at patreon.com slash deathsavingbros. You get access to exclusive content, and when you pledge at the Shade Arrow tier for a minimum of three months, you'll even get special Death Saving Bros patron merchandise. The first batch of goodies is currently in production, so become a patron now to get in on the next round. Of course, if you can't afford to support us financially, one of the best ways to show your support is by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser. This month, April 2021, we especially encourage you to head to Podchaser and leave a review because that platform is running a campaign called Reviews for Good. Each review results in a 25-cent donation to Meals on Wheels. So heads up, if you've already left a review from our show on, say, Apple Podcasts, you can always leave another review on Podchaser. You'll be helping our show, and you'll be helping charity. And then, of course, we'll also read your review on the air, so there's lots of great reasons to get on there and leave that review. You can also support the podcast and look good doing it with some of our merchandise, available by searching Death Saving Bros at redbubble.com. And then, of course, the people that we support as a podcast and want to tell you about are Will Savino's Music D20 Project and The Boy King of Idaho, both of whom are composers creating original tabletop music on Patreon. Their music is featured in this episode, and their websites are available in the episode description. Finally, the last thing I always like to do before getting you back to the episode is to recognize those that have made this show possible. And of course, there's no one to thank more for their support than our patrons. Those who pledge at the $5 tier get a shout-out at the end of the show, but the following individuals have pledged to support us financially at the $10 tier or higher, so they get their supporter shout-out right now. Ryan Cushman, 2 Times Tyler, and Gene L. Jackson. Thank you all for your support. Without further ado, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. In all honesty, I'm not asking you to be our friends. I'm not really asking you to do anything. I just don't see why you're upset with us. You have been thwarting my plans from the very beginning. And unless you have the Diadem Exorius, Sarkarnas being in this plane is not part of my plan. Okay, well how about this? Do you have the Diadem Exorius? No, but I know how we can get it back. Oh, do you? Pray tell. You want me to pray? Wow, well, why the attitude? I mean, we, we got it up to this point. Like, 
Yeah. You're acting like we, we didn't at one point have the Diodemic Zorius and all the parts to combine everything. And which is something. Now you're acting like, oh, <laughs> we can't get the Diodemic Zorius again. Which is also something that you've been trying to do, but couldn't keep up because we were a step ahead of you always somehow, which you just admitted. So and I it's don't literally know. <laughs> been in the throne room of your own castle this whole time. And you you're idiot. And you're asking us. You're doubting if we have the ability to do this, even though we've been foiling your plans this whole time because we have done this ability so well. As you guys are talking, <laughs> Zawadzki hands Ogberg off to one of his guards who keeps a sword at the tiefling father's neck. And Zawadzki goes off to one side and starts casting a spell uh, ritualistically. What I don't understand about this guy, Zawadzki... Is he's looks like an idiot compared to this hillbilly that can only look at two different walls at the same time. <laughs> well, that's what gives me such an advantage is I can see more places at once. Zawatsky, what are you mumbling over there? <laughs> like, <laughs> and I cast Unseen Servant right by Zawatsky, and then as he's trying to cast his ritual, I want the Unseen Servant to just be like slapping at his hands, so, so he keeps messing up his like. Like, he has to do all these fancy, like, intense, like, finger movements to cast a spell, and the the Unseen Servant's just like... And my mage hand, I'm just gonna form it into a fist and just shove it in his mouth. (laughs) So he can't say the words he needs to say. So now that the guards are around you, as soon as you start trying to cast the spell, either with your hands or with words or using components, they crack you upside the head to make you stop. I'm going to stab him with my sword. They immediately relieve you of the sword. Well, I'll try to rip out the throat with my teeth. They have restrained you. They relieve you of your teeth. I'm going to keep fighting. <laughs> I am Stop. not going to stop fighting. Just extracted them all. Kicking, punching, trying to rip out throats, head bam, um, smashing them. Everything. So Watsky eventually finishes the spell. It takes ten minutes as you're sitting there on the ground. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Oh, to know we would have been sitting here this long watching him jerk off over there in the corner. <laughs> I'd have brought popcorn. Wait. I do have popcorn. I have popcorn. <laughs> Eventually, he takes a step back, and you hear him cry out, Sogonus, god of vengeance and fire, send me your servant that I may join you and I may help you conquer this world. Tom. Smite his bitch ass. <laughs> they relieved you of your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> They've just relieved Prothean. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah, how many guys are all trying to hold me down? Oh. <laughs> they did what to Prothean? At this point, your fucking Gulliver's traveled to the floor. You've got. They relieved Prothean, huh? There's just a bunch of guards just going to town. Huh? <laughs> Just chocking his chicken, flogging his dolphin. <laughs> oh my god. Peeling the banana. Yeah, they're they're going full S and M on him. <laughs> They've got him all bound up. Oh <laughs> What in the goddamn entire are we talking about here? I have tentacles start showing up, I'm leaving. They've relieved you of your uh, right to leave. <laughs> they relieve you of your free will. <laughs> You're gonna get touched by squigglies. <laughs> but Above you, at the top of the throne room, you see a swirl of black start forming. Crap. 
tentacles. And out of the swirling portal drops a massive demonic figure with great curling horns carrying a flaming sword. No way. And wings sprouting out of its back. Its feet are cloven hooves. Its dark red skin ripples with muscles, but just above the waistband of its loincloth, you see a tattoo <gasps> with head of rabbit and tie of bow. <gasps> I don't see it at first. I don't want to get relieved of my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> or just relieved in general. They look like their hands are very calloused. <laughs> you don't want to try fighting like I am? I don't want sandpapered destroying my cackage. <laughs> I would say obviously you would uh, see a look on Brixius's face come over him that is not pleasant. Like, yeah. I, I look uncomfortable. The demon drops from the sky and all of the guards are suddenly very, very fearful and they back up frantically as the demon takes a step forward and calls out in a rumbling, deep, menacing voice. My name is Forlyrus, and I have been sent by the god Sargonis god. to take you before him. The t- oh. <laughs> take us uh, well, is manfully? He, <laughs> is he talking to us or is he talking to Zawadzki? He is talking to Zawadzki. Okay. So he is taking him manfully. Well, chafing. All right, and be nice. I think this is moment we wait Burning. For. Uh, since the the guards are fearful around us and their attention is there, I think this is a time for Brixius to stand up. And uh, yeah, four wheeler. You don't have weapons. I don't care. Remember us? You orphaned us at a young age, and now it is time to die. The demon turns its baleful eyes upon you. I do not remember your pitiful forms, but you will die just like your parents. You hear a ghostly voice. You son of a bitch! (laughs) (laughs) Avon Prothean, what are you doing while this happens, while the demon drops out of the sky and... I'm still uh, trying to fight all the gods. Prothean's getting relieved, and then, uh... (laughs) I guess... What are you paying attention to? Well, definitely not the swirling thing in the sky or the demon that yeah, just I mean, gets it's out. It's kind of hard not to not <laughs> pay I'm attention just, I'm to the going to big pretend ass it's not here. Demon. <laughs> so I guess that's probably what I'd be looking at. Okay. What's your passive perception? 16. All right. That is good enough. Through the demon's legs, you can see Augberg <laughs> is still <laughs> kneeling there. His guard is backing up because the demon has dropped right in front of both of them. Augberg is trying to signal to you. I'm going to wink Morse code at him. What are you trying to tell me? (laughs) He's a learned sage, so he should know Morse code. As the demon is turning to face Brixius and starts speaking directly at him, uh, Augberg is going to point at Dalvia, and then uh, he's going to give you the the running legs symbol or signal. Uh, He's going to take two fingers and run them across his hand. And he's going to kind of do like a poof sign with his hands. I think he wants us to run a marathon and then explode. 
He has the runs Wait. and explosive diarrhea. Oh, he wants us to run on Dalvio. Hold on. <laughs> With your blessing, sir. <laughs> you just give him a... You put your hands together and give him a little bow. <laughs> yes, sir. I understand. Um, Paul, am I being held down by guards or did they tie me up? You were being held down by guards and uh, they were tying your hands and legs. I got an idea. I'm going to bite my tongue and use Hell's Rebuke on myself to burn the ropes. I... Huh. Actually. Huh. Yeah, I I guess I can allow you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> or wait, I'm, I'm fire resistant. Maybe if I hug you and you headbutt me and then I use Hellish... Wait. You would still burn. No, you, you headbutt... Uh, protection from energy on myself before I do At this. That point, if you're already over there hugging him, just cut the Wait. damn rope. <laughs> so he, I would have to headbutt him, and then he would have to use Hellish Rebuke on me while I'm hugging him, and then I'll catch fire, and then I'll take half fire damage, and then I'll also burn the rope. Or you just gotta attack him. No. Have the rope attack <laughs> him so he can cast Hellish Rebuke on the rope. Fuck it, I'm taking the damage. Just headbutt the floor really, really hard. <laughs> Okay, so Prothean is taking the moment with the guards distracted to try and burn through his ropes. Brixius is standing up and facing off against Forliras. Augberg is trying to signal to Abe. I guess. I assume he's trying to tell me, like, everyone grabbed Dalvia. You said he, like, pointed at Dalvia and then did, like, a running motion and a poof. Right. So I'm going to, like, do, like, an eyebrow raise at Dalvia and... So I, I'm assuming he wants us to everyone get to Dalvia and then maybe try and get the fuck out of this room and then teleport away. So I'm going to try and, like, see if I can get everyone's attention in our, like, a little immediate group. Like, some taps on the shoulders and whatnot. And um, be, like, huddle up time. And then whenever Ogberg reaches zero, try and get everyone to book it out of the room. Okay. So... Augberg starts counting down now that you have started signaling to your group. For Lyris starts forward as Prothean bites his tongue and casts Hellish Rebuke. How much damage do you do onto yourself? Eight damage. Okay, you take eight damage. The ropes burn away from your wrists. I'm going to jump up and just sucker punch the newest god. Sorry, not sucker punch. I'm going to just like full on... Like, lean into it right in nutsack. Yes, get your their attention back on you. Good job, Prothean. You do that, and Augberg counts down four, three. Good thing you got two seconds, because like, hey, he, hey, hey, oh, he was almost there. <laughs> two, one. Forlyris lunges forward. Augberg casts Dispel Magic, which removes the private sanctum that is keeping you from teleporting. And Dalvia casts teleport on all of you. I'm going to make sure I grab... How close together are all, all of us? Uh, you're all... The, the farthest person away would be probably Prothean on the end, and he's only like 10 feet away. All right. I want to make sure, because I'm assuming the hammer bottoms are going to be a little upset at what they're seeing currently in front of them. So I'm going to make sure to like grab them by like the, the cuff of their uh, shirts and, like, drag them back to us yeah. as we're getting teleported away. Because I have a shirt for you to grab. <laughs> Good one. I'll grab him by the, uh, the penis. <laughs> <laughs> I just yank straight back. 
<laughs> like you reach under my legs and just grab. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just right at the tip. The last thing that you all see before you leave is four Lyra's leaping forward. You hear Zawadski shouting, No! And you see Ogberg being lifted to his feet by squats as Jimmy Crack Corn sucker punches Caxius in the face. Hey, Jimmy Crack Corn. Nice. I honestly thought he would sell us out. <laughs> you dip briefly into a black void as you teleport away, and then you reappear in the inn at the Ford, where Stan is waiting for all of you. You collapse onto the floor, and Stan's face blanches as he sees all of you bloodied and barely standing, and he just says, Oh my gods! What happened? Dalvi, are you all right? How long do you have, Stan? <laughs> oh my gods, what <laughs> happened? Exactly that. Oh my gods. <laughs> or I guess one of them. <laughs> I'm going to put out the... I'm assuming my half cape caught on fire, so I'm going to put that out. I'm just going to be like patting down like fire off my coat. Dalvi is barely keeping herself upright, and she just says, Stan, Sarkanis is here. We failed to get the Diadem Exorius away. What? How? How could that happen? Who Who did it? Who? Did Zawadzki get a hold of it? Did he summon the, the god? No, the bits named Jet did. Jet? But I thought he was with us. Turns out he's a piece of shit. Well, <laughs> we did tell you all from the very beginning he was a demon. He's getting extra murdered by me. Sorry. Yeah, extra, extra murdered. All I can picture Prothean right now is just standing up. I'm still, I'm still alive, but I'm barely breathing. Pray to the, some gods that I don't believe in. Because <laughs> you don't believe in Sargonis. Um, All's God. <laughs> Die. <laughs> Slowly. Goes into a flash mob. <laughs> There's a pop of energy next to you as Ogberg suddenly joins you in the inn, and he appears with squats. But there is no Jimmy Crackcorn. Jimmy Crackcorn sold us out. Or he got violently murdered. Either way, oh well. Next month, move on. No, in all reality, what would happen is when we come up, I would not be... I would just be, you know, furious right now. I'd probably be flipping tables. I imagine Ambionitis might be kicking doors. Well, no, he does that to be happy, not to be mad. He's kicking windows. (laughs) (laughs) Just tearing every ligament in my legs with glass shards. He's kicking holes in walls to make spots for new doors. Like, I'm not sure why you guys are mad about the fact our goddess was here. The four-wheeler was here. That's what started everything. That's why we all came out together. We had our chance, and you guys took us out of that opportunity. We could have taken him. Hexor turns on you and says, You were dead not even 30 minutes ago. What did you think you could do against that monstrosity? Could have taken him. Ogberg comes forward and says, In case you didn't notice, the situation was far out of our hands. We need to regroup. We need to get out of here now. We need to go and find this jet of yours, and we need to figure out how to wrest away the Diadem Exorius from the god Sargonis before he can manage to bridge the gap between our world and his. Is he looking for me to respond? Because I don't. I'm just staring completely at him like... Blank-eyed, like, not a thought in my head. 
this group's got to be so rough to look at with these kind of serious <laughs> conversations. Because <laughs> I look like a hill jack and I'm just uninterested. Prothean's Prothean. <laughs> he has no idea what's going on. And he's usually the cause of so many issues that we get into. <laughs> Amy and is just not listening, just breaking doors usually. Abe's probably the most reasonable one here, but he's the only one here for money. <laughs> no motivation <laughs> other than that. Other than he was assigned to it. <laughs> we gotta be horrible to work with. Yet we're the ones that get the job done. This is terrible. But yeah, no, so as soon as like, all that is said, you know, Brixius isn't gonna respond and say anything. Like, you can still see just the the unsatisfaction in, in that answer. Like, the, the disappointment and let down. Like, even if you could see, like, some sort of, you know, I understand that there's, like, stuff we gotta do. Like, it's understood that I'm like, I get it, but I'm just so disappointed and disheartened by by what had happened there. So I just don't respond. But you can tell all that based on the looks of my face. Dalvia is still on the floor and she's rocked back and she's just sitting there sprawled. She looks up at her father and says, We failed. What in the world could we possibly do against that that monster? That the god Sargonis eat he killed us without a second thought. What chance do we have? Well, we can always launch a crusade. I've been saying that for how long now? <laughs> no, in all honesty, the same way we summon Sargonis, we can try to summon another god. The only true god. This could be this could be Prothean's chance to take us on a quest to summon Torm to fight Sargonis on our plane. <laughs> Ogberg says, "Believe it or not, I actually agree with Prothean." Crusade? It's come to that. We have no more options. Sargonis will unleash his demons upon this world unless we can build a force to stop him. Send a letter to South Saul to a man named Figus to assemble my orphans. Good thing we're in the presence of a king. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How come in the throne room you didn't talk king to king with the other king? <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty dumb of you. I'm the king of goblins. He's the king of people. No, he's only the king of people in one town. You're the king of all goblins, no matter where they're at. I think it's, uh... Okay, here's the here's what you're missing. People are respectable for the most part. Goblins fling their own shit at each other. <laughs> Which is respectable to some races and classes of people. Wait, don't you guys do that? No. Well, I assume you guys have. What? It's because we're green. It's because I'm green, isn't it? Yes. I don't know what you take us for, Prothean. That's a separate... Oh, we gotta have a talk one of these days. <laughs> Are you guys just large goblins? Oh, that hurt. That hurted. Prothean secretly, uh... <laughs> secretly from that one town that thought... That we were fucking we were goblins. goblins. <laughs> Hexar turns to Ambionitis and says, Ambionitis? If you are the king of the goblins, now would be the time to call them to arms. Blow the gooch horn! Yep. What does the gooch horn sound like? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Is there a nearby window? Yes, one that you just broke. Did I kick it? Yes, you did. Good. Did I tear ligaments? No, you're that good at kicking that you didn't tear your ligaments. I'm pretty sure all your ligaments are already torn from the fight. I got punched in the face. I didn't get ripped apart. 
I'm pretty sure when like God punches you in the face, everything just gets broken. I didn't even die. I had like 40 hit points left. How <laughs> was chipper? <laughs> Both of your eyes are just swelling. You can barely see out of them. You look like a puffer fish. Your lips look like Kim Kardashian because they're so swollen. Man, I got some nice DSLs rocking, and I <laughs> like it. Um, all right, well, I'll go over to the window, clear all the broken glass, pull out the gooch horn, and uh, blow. Put your lips together and blow. <laughs> so when you blow through the gooch horn with your swollen lips and everything, first it starts out as a... <laughs> It just sounds like a kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> I picture more of a dog whistle. Nobody could hear it except for except goblins. goblins. So we're all, we're, we all look at him. The fuck? <laughs> and uh, Augberg turns to Hexor and says, Hexor, send out a call to arms for all of the men and women in the Purified. And he turns to Squats and says, You two Squats. We'll need everyone that is undercover, everyone that we have in our ranks. You go find them. Jimmy Crackhorn sacrificed his life to help us escape. We must not let him die in vain. What's their actual name? Send word of bias. We need bias. Bring everyone. Feel kind of bad for calling Jimmy Crackhorn a piece of shit straight to his face all those times. I don't. Augberg nods to you, Prothean, and says, We will also have messengers... Send word to this Figus in South Salt. A gray warrior. We will need everyone that we can to face down the oncoming onslaught from the demon hordes. And Dalvia from the floor says, There's there's nothing that we can do, Father. There's nothing we can do against a god. Pull yourself together, woman. And I want to grab her by the shoulders and just start shaking her like, uh, <laughs> like you've ever seen the movie Airplane when they're trying to get that woman to calm down. <laughs> Stan comes over and, and pushes you aside and says, Abe, Abe, look, look. And he gets down on one knee in front of Dalvia and says, Dalvia, you have held so much strength throughout all of this. You can't give up now. We're going to fight back. Fight with us. She looks up at all of you. I, I can fight, but what good will it do? How, how in the world are we going to succeed? Well... Kill them first. Sargonis came through... Jet. So, so maybe Jet. if we kill Jet, it would close the <laughs> portal or plane that he's using. I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's a, because of Jet. He's he's what's establishing the temporary connection for Sargonis to be here. But getting to Jet is going to be a problem. Exor says, "Well, then we should find Jet." I personally don't think that he is the conduit. It was the Diadem Exorius, but either way, if we can find him, we can find Sargonis. So we're killing Jet, destroying the Diadem Exorius, and then murdering any demons we could find in a crusade. Got it. I got an idea. I'm gonna need a donut, some water, and an oracle. And what's your plan, Ambionitis? I'm going to drink water and eat a donut and talk to the oracle. <laughs> Dalvia gets to her feet, brushes herself off and says, uh, All right. Well, if you can make light of things, Ambionitis, then I know that I should be able to make light of things as well. 
never said I could make light of things. I just said I need a donut, water, and talk to a fucking oracle. But if that helps you, that's exactly what I meant. I think you guys are right. We find Jet, we find Sarganus. And to find Jet, we need to follow Zawadski. That demon for Lyris is taking him directly to the god. So I suppose we should start there. And that's where we're going to end our episode. Those of you that are listening, we hope you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to seeing the outcome of this crusade that has been brewing against Forlyris, against Trugala. Uh, <laughs> letting Prothean loose may be a bad idea, but we'll see. Uh, if you wish to hear more of our content, you can always support us on Patreon, where you'll get recaps, bloopers, and extra episodes that you won't be able to find anywhere else. You can keep in touch with us on social media at Death Saving Bros on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit. I am available on Twitter at HPCamper and on Instagram at HPCamper.14. You can find me at Benfro15. You can follow the Trader Jet at Ima underscore B underscore Rad. And then you can follow the Reddit at our name. You can follow me on OnlyFans, Betty White's Chair. 69. You can find me on the PlayStation Network as F-A-T-T dash Smith. And to all those of you who are listening in their cars, in their homes, or wherever you may be, keep saving those death throws and we'll see you on the next one. Some of the sounds and background music in this production are copyright material. The songs Belly of the Beast Combat, Defending Varenspear, Defending Varenspear Piano, Forbidden Texts, Honor in the Storm Strings, Hordebreaker, In Corridors of Yore, In the Court of Annis and Lavender, Shadow Puppets, and Shelter at Last Piano are copyright Will Savino and the Music D20 Project. The song Frozen Village, Dusk, Mystery, is by the Boy King of Idaho at patreon.com slash boykingofidaho. These tracks are used with permission, all rights reserved. The song Deadly Roulette is by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. This track is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0 and sourced from filmmusic.io. The tracks Here and Now, Shadow Hunters, and War Horde are music by Orchestralis. The song Break Even by The Script is used in accordance with the United States Copyright Act of 1976, Section 107 Fair Use, all rights reserved. The Death Saving Bros theme song is an abridged version of the song Run by Kai Angle and sourced from the Free Music Archive. This track is used with permission under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0. You can read the full license at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0 slash legal code.